Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I am here with Dr. Amatma. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because we've like been in and out of little things together, but um, it's really amazing to connect with you here. So welcome. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm a naturopathic doctor by training. I've uh, It essentially means I went to medical school, but for natural medicine. And then I'm board certified in naturopathic endocrinology, which means fancy way to say natural hormone stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. And what made you want to get into this line of work in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I was married to this man. This is in like I had just turned 30 uh, married to this man. And he wanted to start talking about having children. <laughs> and we had just got married a couple months prior. And I was like, oh, crap. I haven't really like thought about kids. Um, and it was a little bit of a wake up moment for me because we had our own things emotionally happening in that relationship even before we got married. And he kind of was using this children thing as a way to like... Um, try to heal some of our emotional things that were happening and I just like anytime he talks about kids my uterus just kept shrinking and shriveling up and I was just like no I don't know what's happening but no uh and luckily I did not get married get have children with him thank god um but I it did really like send me into the journey to find fertility answers because if it was really the question of like do I leave him if he's not the right person do I want to have children because I want to have children or do I wait till I find the right person which might be when I'm 40 45 whatever um so I didn't know like what the future held but I did know that for me like the intuition piece was so important and my body was just saying absolutely not like this is a really bad idea so i started researching fertility <laughs> mostly for myself to kind of like um put to rest this idea that i had learned in medical school that fertility was going to massively drop drop off of a cliff at 35 and that's what i was taught that's what i believed and I was like, is it true? And if it's true, then is there something that I can be doing naturally to support my fertility so that 
if I don't meet the right person right away, that I'll be okay and that I can someday have a child. Um, so it I went down this like nine month rabbit hole is what it felt like um, and came out on the other side like really clear that I wasn't going to have a child with that man and that we needed to separate because if I wasn't wanting to have children with him, what the hell was I doing and why did we get married? Um, and then simultaneously just um, starting to talk about it with other women and people were like, wait, your fertility doesn't decline at 35? Uh, what are you talking about? Like, tell me more, you know? So I just get into these conversations with my friends and colleagues and whatever and talking about the research that I was finding and out of that really stemmed um, people just coming and saying, hey, maybe you could help me. I heard you on this podcast or I heard you in this interview. And mostly it was like I was sharing what I was learning as I was learning it. And suddenly like people were coming to me like, hey, you can help me. And I was like, oh, no, this is all theory. <laughs> like, I've never done this. Uh, so my first few clients, I was definitely like, yeah, no, you don't want to go with me. Um, and they and and of course, like telling them to listen to their intuition and come back if it was really true that I needed to be helping them. And sure enough, one of those people came back and then another one and then another one. <laughs> and then I was like suddenly like just that was all I was doing <laughs> and and it's been such a like such an awesome blessing in so many ways because they have taught me like all of the clients that I've worked with have like I see myself in them and I see like oh yeah I have the same perfectionist tendencies or I have like the control freak tendencies or like, yeah, like I resonate with so much of it. Like the masculine energy that is literally what brought me into the fertility world was the man that I was married to really had um, kind of been so he was sort of feminine already when we met, but the more time we had spent together and we had spent a lot of years in that relationship and by the end of it like I was super masculine and I kept emasculating him so that whole like feminine masculine dynamic had come so up to the surface that it felt natural for me to like play in that mode until I snapped out of it and I was like what the hell did I do Mm -hmm. So it took me like so many years to retrain my body, my mind, my spirit, like all of it on so many different levels to be a better support person for the couples that I was working with and to really like do my own work in this process. Because if our clients are the reflection of us, which I do believe, then they're constantly showing me what I need to be working on for myself on a yeah. spiritual level. Oh, absolutely. Um, I do think, I mean, for me, obviously I'm not a doctor and I do get surprised by some of my clients that come to me because they are working with functional medicine doctors already. And I'm kind of like, well, what am I going to give you? Right? Like the whole ego. And as you work with them, you kind of understand like, Why you need me and I need you. <laughs> 
Like we're supposed to be doing this together because you always give me something as much as I give you something. And I think it's that personal experience that can't be bought, right? Mm -hmm. Like your medical degree, you buy it basically and you work hard (laughs) for it um, through sheer study and whatnot, but you cannot, and you probably wouldn't want to go through the journeys that we've been through to get that personal experience and it just gives you this cutting edge with your clients and you can really, um, yeah, it just, everything kind of falls into line, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's like so powerful and beautiful when you're in partnership with your client mm-hmm. and the, it, it's not like, oh, I know everything. And you're like, I'm teaching you, but yeah. I'm in this with you. Exactly. And I may not be trying to get pregnant, but those themes and those like reflections even if they're on a low level they're repeating in my own life in some way i'm telling my clients like hey you need to get better sleep and looking at myself like yeah i probably should get better sleep too yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and just to like um do the cliff notes of your journey you are remarried with a beautiful boy right i am yes yes so i the funny part of that story is I got the divorce and literally three weeks later met the love of my life. He, within three weeks, was like, I know we're supposed to be together. I know that you're the right person for me. We can get married. And and <laughs> I see that you are very much, like he didn't use the word masculine, but he's like, you have no space in your life for me. So when you're ready, give me a call. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, who is this man? (laughs) And he he like holds that masculine energy so strongly that I don't feel like I need to step into that. So yes, I, I have to, to a certain extent in my business, but even there, I'm like, how can I do this in a feminine way? How can I not hustle and not grind and not do, 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 but really like be in my power and allow the right people to come to me. So it's allowed me to really like take a different approach because I have the strong masculine energy in my life to always reflect me back to like hey you need to slow down Mm -hmm. hey what did you do for yourself today hey did you have some food (laughs) like and this is this is him all the time and he I'm sure he doesn't really resonate with the word masculine but that's the energy that I think most men have naturally and they're trying to like help us be in our feminine but are we letting them and mm-hmm. in my my previous relationship, I know that I wasn't letting him, right? So the more he tried, the more I was like emasculating him to a certain extent. And that was leading to so many of our problems. So yeah, like this masculine feminine energy, I just am like, I feel like so much of it is important on the fertility journey because fertility is that outpouring of our feminine energy manifests in a child yeah yeah Um, where do you think all the masculine energy came from for me yeah (laughs) uh it was it was probably like a culmination of a lot of things I 
feel like I've relied on it my whole life, really, to, you know, to go through undergrad and then get into medical school, go through medical school. It's like a constant do, 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 do. And there is no other, at least in my family, there was no other template. Like, what do you mean you're not going to college? What do you mean you're not going to medical school? So it was, there was never really a choice to do anything different. Mm-hmm. And I like in retrospect now, it's like, it's such, such an ingrained part of me that it takes effort to be like, oh, right, let's turn that off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's slow down. Let's like take a moment or chill for a little while, have some downtime. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a con- like I feel like it's a work in progress still. Yeah, it's just that culture, isn't it? I think a lot of us, you know, older millennium Gen Xers just got brought up in the grind. Right. Like your parents wanted better for you. So therefore they wanted you to go to college, be the doctor, be the lawyer or like my my family was more working class um and education wasn't top priority but work you worked right like you know like I have this debate with my mom because she always says like well I taught you how to work I was like no you taught me how to sweep dirt in a lumber yard for (laughs) self-worth like like, I love you and they have built a beautiful business a beautiful family-run business down here in Southern California but like work was your worthiness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think whether it was like work or college, they wanted that, that's where your worthiness was and not just in yourself, right? Like if you achieve those external things like becoming a doctor, a millionaire, or, (laughs) you know, whatever the successful thing is, Mm -hmm. like what does that mean if you've run yourself into the ground and you don't actually love your life? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think a lot of our clients are very much, um, you know, entrepreneurs. They're, you know, working, you know, maybe put career first or have done a high level of studies and they come to us. They're like, oh, my fertility's fucked up. And we're like, well, yeah, because (laughs) you've literally run down your adrenals. Your thyroid's not working well. You're not sleeping well. your, Your gut is all over the place. So therefore your hormones are all over the place. And, um, it's, and we could just relate to it because we did it. Our, well, for me, like I did it myself and you probably Absolutely. got smart before you tried for your kid, but <laughs> you were I once did. there, right? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, energetically, I was totally there. And had I tried at that time, I probably could not have gotten pregnant. Like I reflect back on it now. I was exhausted working 80 hour weeks, not sleeping not feeling good. I like I had so many bags under my eyes. I still do, but <laughs> at least they're not as thick as they used to be and like I actually felt like 15 years older than I am now. So um my hormones were a mess. Periods were a hot mess. Like my whole life was reflecting to me that so much was out of alignment, but it it took like a really strong question of 
like do i want to have this child and and then like pausing to actually listen to my intuition and being like god no like no most definitely not was like a little bit of that initial spark that really like has had me turn my life around and thank god like oh my god <laughs> i would not I, I you couldn't pay me to go back to that person <laughs> yeah um, yeah. yeah, even though there's always glimpses of them and you have to like check yourself, you definitely look back and go like, how was I even survive? You know, you're just in survival yes. mode, right? You're not yes. thriving. And um, a lot of people don't listen to their intuition and do feel like they're with the right person, but they're still doing the grind. They still think they can work those 50 hour work weeks and just eat an organic diet and everything will be all right. But mm. we both know from experience and practice and study that a lot of the times those things just don't go together. And even if you get to a point of getting pregnant, you know, staying pregnant is a big issue for a lot of women nowadays. Do you want to go a little bit into what you see in your practice? Yeah. So statistically, it's said that it's normal that one in three women, and for those of you that are not seeing this, I'm putting air quotes around this normal, um, one in three pregnancies will end in a loss. So one third of pregnancies are not expected to survive, which to me, like when I first heard that stat, I was like, um, that seems really, really high. Mm -hmm. for something that our body's designed to do. Yeah. So that gave me a pause initially. And then so many of our clients have had come, came to me because they had had recurrent pregnancy loss. And for me, I was like, well, let's put the pieces together and really try to understand why this loss keeps happening. And can we actually get you to a point where I can feel comfortable that your next pregnancy is not going to end in a loss. And I can like somehow statistically predict that so that I can like give you the green light before you actually get pregnant and have it just go really well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I started out. And there were a few patterns that kept repeating. One is everything that we've been talking about. So all of the fertility related stuff when it comes to women kind of being more masculine than feminine in their energies, being more controlling, etc. Those all of those things apply still. But for me, there were a few missing pieces that were on the male side. So I started like, I just chose a bunch of tests for guys to do, and these are blood tests, not semen analysis. Most of their semen analysis are always normal, mm -hmm. most of the time. So they have these normal semen analysis, but the woman's had pregnancy losses. And I'm like, well, your hormones aren't that off. They're a little bit. So yes, we can like do some tweaking. But let's like we run these like extensive hormone panels on women why aren't we testing the guys? <laughs> so I just yeah. started testing them out of curiosity. And there were two, three themes, really, 
in almost every man that had ha- was in a partnership with a woman who had had recurrent pregnancy loss. And those themes were either he had high blood sugar, high homocysteine levels, or both, and inflammation. And inflammation is just a generic thing. So out of those three, I could almost always guarantee that one of those was going to be positive. And if we worked on it, we retested him and it came out that there was improvement and it was in the optimal range, we were going to get a different outcome for the female. So this is 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, Now the research actually exists and all of this is proven. So I'm not a crazy woo-woo doctor. Uh, But at the time, it was really like I was this solo doctor out here testing men and being like, oh, your blood sugar is high. That's why your woman's having a pregnancy loss. Most of them were like, where's the research, doc? Like, show me some studies. And I'm like, "Mm, they don't exist. Let's just pretend that they exist and go with me. And like optimizing their underlying stuff in addition to making sure that they have really good sperm almost always has like if those issues were present they were going to get a different outcome guaranteed and that has been true for like a hundred percent I can say for anyone that had had a pregnancy loss before We saw that there was an issue with the guy. We addressed it, optimized his health, and then let let them go try again and get pregnant. They went on to have healthy pregnancies. (laughs) So it this I think I finally found the studies about three years ago. There's now studies that say hyperhomocysteinemia in the man causes recurrent pregnancy loss. Same with blood sugar, high homoglobin A1C levels, hemoglobin A1C levels cause pregnancy loss in the female. And I was like, ha, huh, I was onto this like yeah. years ago, right? But at the time, there wasn't any research. I was just seeing the patterns and I was like, surely what we know in functional medicine is if the body's not optimal, it's doing something. Yeah. And sure, the sperm look great. So what? Like, let's pretend the sperm don't matter or that there's actually something not being measured in the sperm that is passing through the DNA and creating some sort of epigenetic change in the embryo. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make a difference. And like, honestly, I was just going on faith (laughs) on like functional medicine faith of like, optimizing has to get me there yeah yeah definitely and Um, oh go ahead yeah yeah no I was just gonna say and it's just it's just amazing that it's that simple to a certain extent right it's like yes we still I'm not saying like we ignored the women in these cases and we didn't like go and find out if they have food sensitivities or heal their gut or their adrenals or we did all of the things that we would do for the woman. Yeah. But additionally, I feel like this, the male piece of it is the make it or break it. It's going to, even in an optimized female, optimized hormones, everything looks amazing. I still wouldn't be as sure 
that she's going to go on and have a healthy baby if we hadn't worked on the guy stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's so important because, you know, my husband was um, tested fine. And when I had to change up my diet, um, he had to as well. Like, I didn't really care that he was fine. It was just more of the support and in the household. And um, I mean, many things changed dramatically for both him and I when we started um, optimizing our diet. And when he had to get retested for another round of IVF, his sperm improved by the millions, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, even though I was solely blamed for having low A quality, and that's why we made poor embryos our first round of IVF, you know, and now in hindsight, it was like, well, it was, it was probably both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. And would you agree that the levels of sperm are pretty low to be fine right like um i'm not sure if they were how long they've been testing men's sperm but it'd be really interesting to see the test results from 200 years ago to 100 Mm -hmm. years to 50 Mm -hmm. years to now because i would and i would say most doctors can't deny this it's on the decline yes So we don't have stats from 200 years ago, or maybe I haven't looked that far back, but definitely 75 years ago, the norm was 120 million sperm in an ejaculate with 12% normal morphology. That was the expectation of normal. Now, and these are always like, normal is always changing because they just take a, a random sample size and then like extrapolate it to the whole population so that was normal 75 years ago now it's 20 million and four percent morphology so that's a dramatic decline and um like sure ivf kind of bypasses the need for amazing sperm but I would still assert that the sperm are a reflection of deeper things, just as much as hormones are a reflection of deeper things in women. So like, I, I just don't understand how we can ignore 50% of the equation when that 50% is showing such a dramatic decline in what's considered normal. If we keep going on this track, it's the trajectory is in 20 years, men will be there. They will yeah. not have any sperm Yeah. in 20 years. So this is like around the corner. This isn't like, hey, it's going to happen someday, one day, maybe. This is like, if we stay on this course, we are likely to have reality handmaid's tale. Yeah. yeah that's fucked up (laughs) I mean this is why I talk so much about epigenetics right like and how yeah IVF is a great tool it's a great resource um and even IUI for those who absolutely need it but unfortunately the literally the whole fertility zone has you know if you're having issues here you go just go do IUI just go do IVF and there's little focus. And I would say many people only go to health and wellness 
um, because they are having, it's not working, right? IUI is not working. IVF is not working. I know this was my case. Like I am like not, I'm calling the kettle black, right? <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't go to that because I didn't know. And I was desperate. And luckily I followed my intuition when the IVF doctor said, there's nothing you can do. Just try another round. And we were just like, that sounds like a little bit of madness, right? We're yeah. going to throw tens of thousands of dollars at doing the same thing. Um, no. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like, no, we're going to go try this health and wellness stuff. It was just like, <laughs> no, we're not going to try IVF again. And then luckily, you know, our story unfolded yeah. a different way. Right. But um, it's, it, isn't it? It's, it's easy. I think it's the Einstein. Einstein said doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is essentially the definition of madness. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so great that your intuition was like, mm -mm, something about that ain't right. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm going to do instead. But yeah, I do these um, podcast discovery calls where um, my community can come on to the podcast anonymously. And um, one of the first ones was a woman who did six rounds of IVF just mm -hmm. in two years. Mm -hmm. And, wow. you know, she was conscious of diet and lifestyle changes, but for whatever reason, you know, no judgment just was, you know, not done properly or whatnot. But it honestly breaks my heart because they, I really do believe, and I don't think anyone's doing this on purpose, but people are really genuinely getting their lives ripped out of their hands because they're not given the right information for them. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the times we don't know how to follow our intuition or maybe something is put in front of us, but we don't you know, like we just don't have that right guidance for whatever mm -hmm. it is, but people's lives could dramatically change if they allowed themselves to tap into these resources of health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. On just both sides, men and women. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because not only did my husband's sperm improve by the millions, but his cognitive level, he was a fast jet pilot in the Royal Air Force. So he was already very high achieving but he was also borderline narcolept <laughs> like he was like and doing these diet changes it allowed him to have the capacity to become a red arrow which is one of the elite um acrobatic uh display team over there and mm -hmm. i always say to them, him i was like our infertility got you that because it mm -hmm. made us change certain things and mm -hmm. you were just able to function at a higher level yeah yeah, really absolutely. It is. I feel like everything that we do with fertility does help men and women like up level, play a bigger game, play a different, play the game differently, not only to conceive, but really like the consciousness that it's creating the shift for to be able to just like have the dream life in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I first started doing this, I'm, when I got pregnant naturally, that was kind of my wake up call, like, okay, you, you have to go share this message. Um, but through the years, it's really shifted from just getting women pregnant to becoming conscious mothers. Mm -hmm. Because 
our world is going to look dramatically different in 50 years time. And, you know, our offspring is going to have to handle it. And if we're not giving them the tools, then it's going to even be more of a shit show, right? There's got to be some, some of us (laughs) holding the light. (laughs) Absolutely. And I feel like the, the women that are struggling with fertility are these light bearers Mm -hmm. that are going to bring in the consciousness that helps all of us become better. Yeah, um, it's so woo-woo, but I love it. <laughs> it is woo-woo. And like, I don't, I feel like we can talk, we can go there. Yeah. I mean, I'll go there with other people, but yeah. we can totally go there because, um, yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful. And I think that um, you probably get this question. I get this question a lot of like, um, why am I, like, why me? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, part of me is like wants to just be like why not you like I know this is hard and I know this sucks but the opportunity that comes out of it is gonna be really empowering and like if if this goes beyond just conceiving and having a child if this like permeates into your life into your consciousness and creates the transformation that's possible for you your life is going to be magnanimous mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah. that's, I feel like that's been true for me. That's been true for so many of my clients who to this day are like, oh, we're having baby number two, no problem. And this is women that have to- been told you'll forever need, you'll need an egg donor even <laughs> before baby number one. Right. Um, so it's, it yes, children yes we want to like help with fertility but I love that you are also on this mission to like help us transform and elevate because I think that is the calling of our time yeah going into the golden age um and I think it's important I always remind people you know the it's all connected you know like the mental and emotional is so important but the we are physical beings on a physical earth so you have to do the physical thing do you, you know sometimes you have to dig really deep to find some structural issues or something that's like manifested into an issue that needs medical assistance right like i think that's where some people go astray with the whole mindset stuff because I couldn't positively think my way into getting pregnant. And we're going to take a break and leave you in suspense for next week because we just had such an amazing conversation that we just let time go. And it was just a little bit too long to fit into one podcast episode. So tune in next week for the second half of Dr. Amatma's conversation about miscarriage, spirit babies, IVF, and how you can improve your situation. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.